Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. All right, welcome to another episode of Medicine Mondays. You're truly Dr. Barry Pierre. This week, we are going to be talking about polypharmacy and geriatrics, which again, in common lay terms means lots of medication in old people and why that is so detrimental to our way of care, why it is a big reason why I take care of a lot of patients in the hospital, in the rehab facilities, and a lot of it could be tied to the fact that, hey, I'm taking a lot of medications. Now, I get this question a lot, especially when I was doing outpatient medicine, this aspect of, hey, doc, like, am I taking too much medications? And I think the general public, general public, I think the general public would be amazed to understand how many people take one medications a day, two medications a day, four medications a day, uh, to the point where they have to have kind of dividers to say, okay, today's Monday, these are the, you know, four to seven pills I got to take Monday morning. Then I got to take four to seven in the afternoon. And that could lead to a whole host of problems. And we're going to talk about it today. So this presentation, actually one I gave at a conference that I said, you know what, this, this type of discussion would actually be good for Medicine Mondays. So I said, you know what, let's bring it over here on Medicine Monday. So it is going to be a PowerPoint slide presentation. You're going to see me for a little bit and I'm going to pop in towards the end to kind of get my final kind of spiel. But I want you to kind of, again, sit back and just understand, especially if you have family members, mom's dad, you know, grandma, grandpa, like who you know take a slew of medications on their, who got a slew of medications on their dresser right now. And you want to say, all right, how do I make sure that grandma doesn't fall, grandma doesn't break a hip, grandpa doesn't end up in a hospital because of something related to this medication here. So let's let's take a look again. I, like I said, I love it. This is a, I think it's a great presentation um, for kind of all different people, the healthcare workers, uh, those who just take medications or have family members who take lots of medications. So the presentation I gave was the medication maze, right? Untangling elderly polypharmacy. And I'm going to take myself off in a bit because um, I got some graphics that if I keep myself here, you're not going to be able to see. So let's go to the first slide here. Give me a second. All right. The medication maze, right? So you might be asking yourself, hey, doc, what is polypharmacy, right? I think that's a very important question because how do you know what a problem is if you can't define said problem, right? So we have defined polypharmacy as a person who is taking, and this is just, again, this is research. And again, this is not concrete, but the general consensus is that if you're having to take five or more different medications, and I want, I want people to stop here, right? Because I want people to like, oh my God, that's five. That includes vitamins, that includes supplements, that includes prescription medications, over-the-counter medications, so if not, so this isn't just like five prescription medications. No, if you're taking your, your natural vitamins, you're taking your supplements, you're taking all these things there that you get over the counter, that is also included in polypharmacy. And I want to stress that because I think a lot of people, obviously you see this picture here, you're like, all right, this old person, look at all the bottles on the table. And you're thinking like, oh, this is just an old person's disease. You'd be surprised how many young people 
young, you know, younger than the age of 45 are taking five or more different types of medications, supplements, vitamins daily. You'd be surprised about it, right? So that's how we kind of define it. So I want you to kind of think about that. Like, okay, four or five, no, five or more medications just in general every single day or multiple times a day. That's kind of how we define uh, what polypharmacy is, right? So what do you think it may be associated with, right? Because obviously, you know, Dr. Barry's not going to give no presentation if it, there isn't any good or bad things associated with polypharmacy, right? So we know poor health outcomes. We know that people who have to take five or more different medications have higher uh, health costs, have higher health risk, um, and more importantly, have, you know, worsening outcomes when it comes to their chronic diseases, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, whatever that thing is, they have a increased risk of it and an increased risk of having a poor outcome associated with it. Increased risk of death, increased, and of course, you know, I, I like to start with death right off the beginning, right? Because I don't, I don't want people to like, oh, you know, maybe a little bumps and bruises. No, you have an increased chance of dying, right, from complications associated with polypharmacy if it is not managed correctly. Sorry to break your concentration. I know you are probably knee deep into today's episode, but do not forget check out our Lunch and Learn community store, shop.drbarrypierre.com. Remember to use the code EMPOWER10 and make sure you are leaving us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Falls, drug interactions for sure. Because again, if I'm taking five or different medications, and that's why I wanted to stress vitamin supplements because a lot of people are taking prescription medications and they say, oh, let me just, and they don't tell their doctor, hey, I'm also taking this one vitamin or the second vitamin. And then they wonder why their prescription medication isn't working or causing problems, right? We see this a lot with the blood pressure medications, with the uh, blood thinner medications, where the way it interacts with the body also interacts with those vitamins and supplements, and then all of a sudden you have problems. Non-inherence, because, and again, non-inherence obviously makes sense, right? If I told you you had to take five different medications every single day, you might be like, all right, I'm tired of this, right? I'm not taking all these medications here. And of course, hospitalizations. And, you know, and when, when, when you add all of those things up, the money, right? It is a lot of money and it costs a lot of money, billions of dollars per year due to complications associated with polypharmacy. So this isn't something that we can just kind of brush off and say, all right, it's, it's really not a big deal. No. It, it, and I always, you know, me, I like to focus on the money because when I start focusing on the money, people start moving around. So uh, in fact, let me, um, let me get rid of myself here so you can see. So uh, these are two charts here that I like to see just so we can kind of get an idea, right? Because when we talk about geriatrics, when we talk about, you know, uh, that population, a lot of maybe, a lot of people may be thinking like, okay, yeah, but if we're only talking about geriatrics, it's not going to affect a lot of people. I want you guys to kind of see with both of these charts here, just what's been happening, right? As far as our population is concerned, as far as those 65 and older, we are living longer, guys. Look at what it was in 1920 versus what it is in 2020. These are a population of people 65 and older. We're living longer. And then if you want to break it up and say, all right, doc, but maybe, right, maybe if you start looking at those 65 and older, maybe there's not a lot of people broken out to 65, the, the ranges. Now you can see here in the second uh, graph, 
that the majority of those 65 and older, of course, are going to range from the 65 to 74. You can kind of see uh, the percentages in comparison from 2010 to 2020. That numbers went up. Um, 75 to 84, that numbers went up. 85 to 94, that numbers went up, which again, kind of just draws a conclusion. We are getting older. And if we are getting older, you best believe problems can arise, right? I definitely want to make sure we stress that for sure. Because I, I think it's one of those things where if you don't recognize it, like problem is going to problem. So facts. So, so let's what we know, right? What do we know about polypharmacy? We know that 70% of adults age 40 to 79 have used at least one prescription drug. 70%. I want us to stress that. 70% of people have used at least one prescription drug. 20% use at least five, right? Because obviously we're talking about polypharmacy. We know polypharmacy starts with five prescription drugs. 20% of people use at least five prescription drugs. If I add this number to include people who take vitamins and supplements and everything else under the sun, that number probably shoots up to 40 to 50%. 40 to 50% people are taking at least five different medications on a daily basis, right? And again, this kind of gives a, a nice little graph as well too, just so you can kind of get an idea like, yes, the numbers are there. And this actually compares it um, and the blue is the United States, the green uh, is Canada. So you can kind of see like, yeah, this is a problem that we we both have uh, uh, an issue with. Uh, more women than men, for sure, um, in regards to those who take uh, prescriptions, one, at least one prescription, and then those who take uh, five prescriptions. Uh, definitely, you kind of see wh where that kind of favors uh, from, from that perspective there. And then use of one or more prescription drugs is more common in those ages 60 to 79 compared to those 40 to 59, which I think makes sense. If we think about this, if you are older, the likelihood that you have at least one prescription medication because everyone is getting older, you saw the graph before, is going to be high. So let's look at population growth, right? 65 and older grew nearly five times faster than the total population. Let's pump the brakes here. We are not only getting older, we are getting older faster uh, over the past nine years from 1920 to uh, 2020, right? In 2020, one in six people in the United States were aged 65 and older. That number used to be one in 20. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, with another commercial break for the Lunch and Learn community members. If you've been asking, hey, you know what? What can I do to get more involved with the Lunch and Learn community? What can I do to get more involved with Dr. Barry? I got something for you. This year we have launched the Lunch and Learn Patreon community where you get access to a private Discord, access to live Q&As. Depending on the tier you select, you can even become a producer on the show and choose your next topic that you want to hear and even suggest guests. So I want you to do right now after listening to this episode, of course is join me at drbarrypierre.com slash Patreon. Check out the different tiers and join me in our private Discord today. So the, the I don't want to say the old people are outnumbering us, are dominating us, but you can kind of see why if we're talking about geriatrics and focusing on the elderly population, why it's going to be important, right? It's because the population is going to be there. Um, the largest uh, of the older age groups, again, from 65 to 74, if we remember our first graph, that kind of shows that one in 10 Americans um, experienced the largest growth of any older age group, right? Shout out to the baby boomers uh, for this year, right? And this kind of just gives a... Um, kind of schematic of what you've seen 
uh, in regards to the age ranges. Uh, we've seen, again, from 1980 to 2040, we've seen that number go from 32% to 25% for those aged 0 to 19. Uh, we've seen from the 2064 um, that's kind of remained flat about 56% in 1980 to about 53.6% uh, in 2040, um, as far as from an estimate standpoint. But you can kind of see here, 1980, 11.3% were 65 and older. By 2040, we expect that to be 20.4%, right? So again, this is the problem that we need to understand because it's going to be a problem if we don't address it, right? So you may be wondering, hey, Doc, what are the most common types of drugs prescribe uh, to these folks, right? Because, hey, like, all right, we know polypharmacy is an issue. We know we're getting older as a population. What are the medications that arise, right? So again, if you're watching this on my YouTube or you just listen to it on the podcast, I want you guys to kind of think about it. Think in your mind, like, okay, what class of medications are probably going to be an issue, right? What are the these processes that you see a lot going on, just open your eyes, right, that are likely going to fall into this category here, right? So these are the top for diagnosis, right? Top four, right? GERD, acid reflux, high blood pressure, diabetes, and cholesterol. I don't think anyone is shocked or surprised uh, when they think about this as far as um, the diagnosis, right? And you can kind of see from a percentage standpoint, cholesterol medication, diabetic medication, blood pressure medications, right? The reflux medication, especially for those ages 60 to 60, uh, 79 is the problem. Now, if we're looking at our younger population, again, we're not talking, we're just talking about geriatrics in this lecture, but a younger population, antidepressants, high cholesterol, high blood pressure and pain uh, issues uh, dominate uh, their, their group, all right? But in our group that we're talking about, Acid reflux, high blood pressure, diabetes, cholesterol, right? These are uh, the problems we have to uh, focus on. So what are the reasons? What are the reasons that we get to this point that we have polypharmacy, right? And I like, I love this picture here, right? And if you kind of get the remnants right, for those who are listening to our podcast, I have this picture of a person sitting on the boardroom with a lot of people with, uh, uh, you know, chef hats on, right? So we have too many, right, multiple uh, healthcare providers, right? Multiple healthcare providers or too many chefs in a kitchen, right? So if you have, you're seeing your primary care doctor and then you're seeing your cardiologist and then you're seeing gastroenterologist and then you're seeing your OB guy, like all of a sudden you start piling up the amount of people who have the ability to give you just one medication. So imagine your primary doctor for in their eyes, they're just giving you one medication. Hey, here's this medication for arthritis. Then you go to your cardiologist and then they give you a medication for your blood pressure. You go to gastroenterologist, they're giving you medication for acid reflux. And all of a sudden, the medications pile up. Again, we're not even including the over-the-counter medication that a lot of you guys are taking. Over-the-counter, self-medication, extremely important, um, especially because if you are taking so many medications, you have to be diligent on the medications you're taking. Um, chronic diseases, again, because we are getting older, our diseases are getting older with us, right? So we're having to deal with high blood pressure longer. We're having to deal with high cholesterol longer. We're having to deal with all of these things much longer uh, than expected. So what are some of the risks, right? What are some of the issues that we are going to have to deal with when we're talking about polypharmacy, right? And now this right here, I love, right? This again, this is like a digital, for my uh, podcast listeners, right? Um, this is like a digital pill counter, right? So not only can you set alerts, um, you can you could set your Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It looks like a little two-week bracket, right? But like it's gotten so bad that this is a business. 
it is a business to have an electronic like pill counter, right? Because so many people are taking so many medications in the fear of missing medication, doubling medication increases, right? Drug and drug interactions. Again, you have the cardiologist give you one medication, the gastroenterologist gives you another medication. They may not necessarily be checking to see if one bounces the other. And let's say you forget to tell your doctor that you're also taking this one vitamin that's going to uh, counteract counteract or even block or even enhance uh, one of your other medications, right? So problems arise for sure. And that kind of follows with the adverse uh, drug effects associated uh, with the medications. Um, again, if, look, look, just look, if you look at this pill counter, right? If I got to take five to 10 different medications every single day, some days I'm not going to feel like the energy to want to do all of that. I, I think we can all understand that some days I'm not going to have the energy to want to take all of these medications here. And I think that's what's so important. Um, increased healthcare costs for sure, because again, it costs money to get these prescription medications. It costs money to get the vitamins and supplements. It costs money to do all these things here, which just adds to the bill. So how do we do it, right? What do we need to do, especially as healthcare providers and those who are taking care of these patients need to do, right, to identify it, right? We have a lot of medication review tools um, that are associated with it. Um, we have issues that show uh, potential inappropriate medication list. Um, there's a lot of electronic, there's a lot of electro, um, um, uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, electronic medical records uh, that have uh, like, drug and drug interactions if they see you're on two different medications. Um, Beer's criteria, there's a lot of different criteria. The stop and start criteria, these are all things to say, hey, based off the patient that you're telling me this patient is and the medications that they are, they are an increased risk to have a drug-to-drug interaction. They're an increased risk to have medication non-compliance. So you need to, as the doctor, try to figure out a way, all right, is there a way I can help this person out? Um, and then have you got to monitor, right? You got to monitor for those who don't like coming to the doctor, which I know is a lot of you. Um, right, not a lot, right? Let me not say that, right? I won't say that, right? It's not a lot of you guys, but, but there's some people who don't like going to the doctor, but still take all of these medications here. It's extremely important to keep an eye on all of these things. Um, and then you have to collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. Remember, we talked about there's too many chefs in the kitchen right now, right? All these different doctors are, you know, giving you medications, assigning you medications, right? You need to have one central person who, even if they're not the one person who prescribes all these medications, they're the one person who knows about these medications. Again, that's why I love, shout out to my primary care teams out here, right? You have to have one person who knows, hey, these are all of the medications I'm taking from all of these different places here. Uh, when I was uh, attending and when I was a, even medical student, I'll go back to even further. When I was a medical student, uh, one of my attendings would have their patients bring all of their medications with them in a bag every time for every appointment. Every appointment, bring your medications with you. So they come with little plastic, you know, uh, grocery bags full of the medications, and they would just one by one sit here and confirm, confirm, confirm. Right? You have to do that. You have to be very active um, if you want to take care of these patients here. Because what are the implications? What are the problems if we don't do anything? Um, We've already seen studies that show that there's cognitive impairment associated with these medications. Um, there's physical symptoms. Again, we know that we talk about the falls, the dizziness, right? Old people aren't just falling. They're typically falling because maybe one of their medications is causing their blood pressure to be too high or too low and they're getting dizzy and they think they have their balance when they don't. 
Um, and uh, my uh, podcast listeners, I, I got a nice little funny picture of a guy on the ground uh, right now. Uh, reduce quality of life. Because again, if I got to take 10 medications every single day, I got to take a an electronic pill counter to make sure. Like I, I may not be hype uh, about the mornings or I may not be hype about the afternoons, right? So definitely something to, uh, to think about. Uh, strategies for prevention and management. I think this is extremely important here. Again, I go back to not only the doctors, but as a patient, you have to review your medications all the time. You'd be surprised. I take care of patients in the hospital, in the rehab, in the long-term care center. So that's three different places where if you get sick, you can end up going to. So imagine you were taking medications prior to the hospital, and then you get into the hospital, they give you a set of medications. You go to the long-term care center, right? Because you still need some uh, treatment. They give you a set of medications. You go to the rehab center right after that. They give you a set of medications. All of a sudden, by the time you get back home, you got this uh, whole new regime of medications. So you got to not only review it, but that's when, again, you bring it to your primary doctor and say, hey, they done gave me a whole bunch of medications here. Let me know which ones I should be taking, right? I just want, let me, let me keep, keep me abreast of the situation here. Uh, Deprescribing. This is actually an important phenomenon from a research-related standpoint where you're having patients, but more importantly, you're having healthcare providers starting to be more diligent on not only prescribing medication, because yes, we are good at prescribing medication. And if you ask other people, they think, you know, we get paid millions of dollars from doing it. We don't. But de-prescribing medications, recognizing when can I do it, how can I do it, and more importantly, explain it to your patient why you can do it. It's important. Patient education engagement is everything. You know, if you're a Medicine Monday listener or a Lunch and Learn podcast listener, you know I talk about education engagement all the time, right? Because an engaged patient uh, is a compliant patient, for sure. Um Interprofessional collaboration, for sure. Recognizing that team-based care is it. Like we are not in a silo as a primary care doctor, as a subspecialist. We are not in silos. We have to work together with our other team members uh, to make sure we're, we're taking we're doing the best for our patient. Um, recognizing the role of nurse practitioners in managing polypharmacy, right? Because it's so important, especially for a lot of practices, whether you're an inpatient, outpatient, uh, nurse practitioners, even physician assistants are there um, managing patients as well. Right. So and I, have, I have a lot of patients who they don't even see like the actual physician. Right. They see the nurse practitioner. They see the physician assistant like that is their um, health care provider. That's their lead health care provider. So it, it's not just a only the doctors have to take care of this thing. No, everyone has to be in charge of it and collaborating again with the pharmacists, with the physicians and other health care uh, providers. Right. So I want to I want to. Give give some studies, right? I want to give some examples because I think it's important because once you recognize the examples, you can recognize that, okay, this is where I need to be on mine, right? So you have this 78-year-old female, Miss Smith. She has a history of hypertension. She's a diabetic. She has arthritis and she has depression. She comes to you, right, after a fall, which led to a fracture. Let's say she broke, uh, you know, a hip. It's a minor. I don't think, I don't think any fracture is minor, but let's say it's minor. These are medications she's taking, right? She's got a Lisinopril for hypertension. Uh, her primary care doctor gave her that. She has metformin for diabetes. Her endocrinologist gave her that. She has deloxetine for depression. Her psychiatrist gave her that. She's taking over-the-counter naproxen for arthritis. That's what she's taking on her own. And they gave her new medications from the ER, right? So this is how you see automatically how so many chefs are in the kitchen giving her just one medication. They just gave her one. The primary only gave her one. 
the endocrinologist only gave her one, right? The psychiatrist only gave her one, but when you factor that all in and you add it all together, this is the recipe for disaster in polypharmacy. And now she has a fall. Now she has a fracture, right? So extremely important, again, to have that interprofessional care to kind of recognize, especially if you're the primary, hey, what other medications are you taking? Uh, Making sure your patients are engaged as well, too, because the problems can arise. Number two, right? Mr. Pierre, 67-year-old male, um, has a history of insomnia, uh, benign prostatic hyperplasia, and early stage dementia. He is dealing with worsening confusion and frequent nocturia, right, which is going to the bathroom at nighttime. Um, these are his medications. He's on uh, Tamulosin for his BPH. He's on over-the-counter diphenhydramine, which is Benadryl to aid in sleep, and he has prostate vitamins. So again, he is taking not, it doesn't seem like a lot of medications, but guess what? He's a little bit more confused now. He's going to the bathroom worse, right? We already know he has BPH, but guess what? Unfortunately, the Benadryl that he's taking is causing his uh, nocturia, which which uh, the enlarged prostate causes, to worsen. And because he's on this Benadryl at night to sleep, he's getting this kind of holdover effects and it's becoming more and more confused, right? And that doesn't add to the fact that one of his prostate vitamins is adding to the Benadryl and it's making the Benadryl last a lot longer than it needs to, which again, adds to confusion, right? So again, an innocent, right? Innocent, Innocent. He's just like, hey, I just want to take some Benadryl to go to sleep. And then boom, here you go. We have problems uh, arise, right? So again, these can come at so many different uh, ways and uh, aspects here. Miss Jean, 76-year-old female, has history of chronic heart failure, ref- acid reflux, as well as anxiety. She presents to you because she's tired, she's dizzy, she's having palpitations. Now let's take a look at her medications. She's taking uh, ferrosamide and carvedilol for her heart failure. She's taking a meprazole. Uh, for her acid reflux, and she's taking her Xanax uh, for um, anxiety, right? And now she's coming to you because she's tired, she's fatigued, and she's having these palpitations. Guess what? She is now having drug interactions associated with her Xanax, associated with her uh, reflux medication, right? She didn't realize it. Again, she's been taking this as, as long as she's been taking it, right? See, now it's all of a sudden, now she's more tired, she's more fatigued. And then when you tack on the fact that she's taking the Lasix, which is like a water pill, as well as the uh, the Carvedilol, which is the for the heart failure, right? Now her blood pressure is on the lower side as well too, right? So definitely a lot of just, again, just how a combination a medication could just really uh, cause some havoc here when we're talking about our patients. And Miss Davis, Mr. Davis is an 80-year-old male. He has COPD, he has hypertension, and he's a diabetic. So he's got it all. He complains of this dry cough and increasing breathlessness over the past six months. Only medications he's on is Ramipril for hypertension, albuterol inhaler for COPD, metformin, and glipizide, right? So if we think about that, right, from a clinical standpoint, we're saying, all right, so he's on like four different medications here, right? But now he's having this like worsening cough. He's short of breath all the time. What could it be? Guess what? The Ramipril that they started on him several months ago, right, is now causing this reflexive cough. Right. And he doesn't realize it, right? Because he's just figured like, all right, it must be my COPD. But now the medication that we were giving him for blood pressure, which actually does help for kidneys as well, is now causing this persistent cough and shortness of breath that he got to, we got we gotta get rid of uh, ASAP. And Miss Sanchez, 77-year-old uh, female, um, osteoporosis, postmenopausal, history of DVTs, right? She now has unexplained bruising and an episode of nosebleed. 
She is taking warfarin for her DVT prophylaxis because she has history of DVTs, calcium and vitamin D supplements for her osteoporosis, and she's taking some over-the-counter vitamins for postmenopausal symptoms. So we think about that. All right, she's taking this Coumadin or, or warfarin, and now she's taking the over-the-counter vitamins. This is why I talk about, because a lot of times when people focus on polypharmacy and lots of different medications, they will only focus on, oh, she's taking this prescription medication, warfarin, but not the fact that she's taking these vitamins that are definitely interacting with her Coumadin, making the Coumadin last much longer, uh, metabolize much slower. So now this is why she has the bruising and the recent uh, nosebleeds uh, for her. So again, and that's just a slew of, especially that, and that was just, just a slew of different scenarios how polypharmacy can be an extreme problem. It is an extreme problem in this country. And if we are not proactive, we are not proactive, it will be it, right? So I want, obviously, if you have family members 65 and older, I want you to, hey, Show me how many medication you're taking and make sure they include their supplements and vitamins because they don't like to do that. Um, if you're a healthcare provider, you have to start being very diligent on like getting to the bottom of it. And if you're young, right, because I know sometimes a lecture like this or a presentation like this, you may say, oh, well, I'm not even 65 yet. But remember, like in 2040, are you going to be 65? Think about that. In 2040, there's going to be a lot more of people who are 65 and older. Right. So if the people who are in the healthcare workforce isn't managing and taking care of the symptoms that the issue that they need to take care of right now, this is what they're going to have to deal with. They're going to have to deal with polypharmacy. They're going to have to deal with all of these issues associated with it. They're going to have to deal with the, the healthcare costs associated with it. The, all of the complications, the decreased poor healthcare outcomes. Right. A lot of different things. So, yes. Polypharmacy right now, the focus is on our geriatric population. But again, I don't, again, and that's why I stress you, the vitamin takers, the supplement takers, like you guys are with it too, right? You guys are having some issues that needs to be addressed and needs to start working on this aspect. And if you're a healthcare provider, like start thinking about this process called de-prescribing. It's important. It's important to start thinking about, hey, is there a point where, you know, do they really need all these medications here? Do they really need all of that? I think it's important for sure, right? So again, thank you for you know uh, you know listening to the presentation. Like I said, uh, it was a great presentation. That by the time you listen, by the time you see this video, I've already given a presentation. Uh, but I figured, you know what, the Medicine Monday uh, and Lunch Learn community definitely has to hear uh, this because I think it's important, right? I'm gonna see you guys next week. You guys be blessed. Make sure uh, to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to everything. Um, and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for getting to the end of the episode. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, favorite board certified internist. Like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, and more importantly, share this to at least two of the five of your friends and family members that you know that could be empowered with the words that you heard today. Again, so appreciative of all you guys' support. See you guys next week.